Today on Capricorn Matters, we give advice on art, jobs, opportunities, and more with very special guest, Beth Pickens. Stay tuned. Capricorn Matters. Welcome to another episode of Unsolicited Vegan Food Reviews. Today, I don't know, it's probably vegan. Today we're reading, we're reading, we're eating? Drinking. Drinking a soda of a flavored seltzer water? Unclear. Don't drink it yet. I'm just smelling it. It's, it's from called, Turkey. It's called Sarakis, and I might be saying that really wrong. And the flavor is uh, strawberry watermelon. And um, Steve and Tyler are here, audio? and we're going to all taste it inside the grocery store. Oh. Mm. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> She's a lot of oh. woman for a clear beverage. <laughs> it's like there's a layer of perfume underneath it. Huh? <laughs> there was a layer of perfume on top, too. Did yeah. you smell that? I actually just recently, like, traveled and stayed in some Airbnbs, and this uh, tastes like the smell of that yes. type of air freshener that looks like incense. Ooh, yeah, 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 yeah. In a liquid, I guess. But, yeah. It's now doing that to your insides. Yeah. It's it's an interior cleaning. It's it's a fragrance for your body. It's a fragrance for our bodies. That's yeah. the review. So I bought a different flavor of this, and the flavor is vitamin C, which I think <laughs> I think it's gonna go better. It also looks like there's either beets or radishes in here, according to this. Anyway, it's spelled S A R I K I Z. That's the beverage. Uh, I wouldn't probably buy this strawberry one, but vitamin C. Take a gamble. Yeah, it's like if lipstick on a collar were a drink. Lips, it's lipstick on a collar as a drink. All right. We opened another another drink. And this one is called Bitters and Soda with Cardamom. Um, the brand is The Bitter Housewife, which I don't know that I love. <laughs> uh, and it's zero alcohol, zero sugar. I'm just guessing vegan. It's just got uh, water and spices and tea in it. I don't know what gent- gentian or quassia is. Do you? I'm here with my friend Marissa, and we're going to tell you about it. Um, my uh, review is, it's like too bitter. It says bitter twice on the can, but I still wasn't prepared <laughs> for how bitter. It's like bitter and watery at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but a thing has happened today where Marissa keeps telling me about the flavors of foods just with a sound. Um, and then she made a sound for this, and I'd like to share it with you. It, the taste is like. <laughs> it's spot on. I feel like it also, you also need the hand movement. Though. Yeah. That's important. Which is like a squeezing kind of hand Downward motion. Palm up and you just squeeze down like you have a bunch of tomatoes on no, no, no. a string. Like, like, 
like how snow falls down a mountainside. Oh, but, but it's, it's falling not on straight, an angle, down. straight down. But it's like that's the movement. <laughs> that's a taste of bitters and soda cardamom by the Bitter Housewife. <laughs> Hi, listeners. I have just a couple notes, actually a few, before we get to my talk with Beth Pickens. Number one, the unsolicited vegan food reviews you heard today were by friend to the show, Dawn Riddle. You can find her online at dawnriddle.com or at Instagram, dawn underscore riddle. Check her out. She's a multidisciplinary artist with a lot of photos, videos, plays, paintings, drawings, weavings. She really is an incredible artist. Check out Don Riddle. Okay, secondly, I wanted to let you know that this interview with Beth Pickens was recorded before the Supreme Court overturned Roe versus Wade. And that is the only reason we don't mention it in our talk. Lastly, in more apocalypse news, yes, after over two years, two and a half years-ish, of hiding from COVID-19, I got it. I got it outdoors. I believe that I got it from an outdoor patio hangout with two friends. I was six to eight feet away from one of them who tested positive the next day. Um, I tell you this because I definitely got it outdoors. I got it outdoors unmasked. And I encourage you all to keep wearing masks. And if you feel like a weirdo, that's okay. Keep Portland weird. Keep Austin weird. Keep wherever you are weird. You know, I came up as a punk at a time when people didn't trust the government, especially not to tell them what to do with their bodies. And I just don't think that the CDC or any kind of medical entity that is in bed with capitalism is going to tell me the exact right thing to do with my body. I just don't. So I'm not going to tell you what to do, but... um trust your gut. It's okay to be weird. And we're still in a pandemic. So if it feels like we're still in a pandemic, that's because we're still in a pandemic. Anyway, listeners, thank you for listening. I appreciate every single one of you. You can follow us on Instagram at Sagittarian Matters. You can follow me on Patreon at Nicole J. Georges. I appreciate it very much. And in the meantime, please enjoy my talk with friend to the show, Beth Pickens. Beth Pickens is the author of the books, Your Art Will Save Your Life, and Make Your Art No Matter What. Beth is an arts consultant, a Capricorn, and an esteemed friend to the show. You can join her homework club right now at BethPickens.com. Beth joined producer Ponyo and I in the Capricorn Matters social distancing studios shortly after I recovered from COVID. Now please enjoy my talk with Beth Pickens. Beth Pickens, welcome back to Sagittarian Matters. Oh, Nay. man. It, Capricorn. Capricorn Matters. It feels like it's been a while. I don't know how long, but it feels like it's been a while. A lot's changed. So much has <laughs> always changed. I've received the virus. I continue to be Matt Damon's character in Contagion. <laughs> and just like somehow immune to it because somebody's got to deliver soup. So thank God. 
Thank God. And thank you for delivering soup to me. It was my pleasure. I really, really appreciated it. Um, yeah, Many I feel, of the friends were down recently. Many of the friends were down. I feel like Kate Winslet's character in Contagion. Um, and you do continue to be Matt Damon's character. <laughs> Beth Pickens, we have a few questions from listeners. <clears throat> but right now it's June, which is Pride Month. Happy Pride Month. Happy Target Pride. Happy, happy Target Pride Month. Is there anything going on right now that's making you feel specifically prideful? Um, being off of Instagram for the month of June, which I high, high, high wreck to people to do that, especially people of the queer persuasion. Um, I get so bummed out by being on any social media, period. But definitely during Pride Month, it's just particularly heinous. Um, it feels like a, an assault on my eyes and my soul. And so I take off for the month of June and I ask friends to send me any really good memes and TikToks, especially pride related that I need to see, which people have been doing quite a bit. I've seen that Austrian Burger King Whopper tops and bottoms ad from like five different people. Mm -hmm. Grateful for that. Um, last night I went to dirty looks and semiotech's release, uh, reading event for cookie Mueller's new expanded collection of writing, walking through clear water in a pool painted black, which was a fantastic event with people like Ron Athey, Michelle T, Nikki Darling, DL Alvarez, Chris Krause, and an artist whose name I'm blanking on, unfortunately, who was fantastic and was dressed up in a way that referenced both Cookie Mueller and Edith Massey. Mm. And this event was, it made me so grateful to be in Los Angeles. And it made me feel the opposite of what happened to me when I went into Target and saw the Target Pride collection. I felt grateful to be queer, connected to like queer freaks over time and generation living and dead. And, and the, actually the final reader was a recording of Cookie Mueller in the last reading she did before she died of AIDS in 1989 at age 40. Holy cow. So everybody do yourself a, a favor, put down the Target Pride collection. You can buy it on sale in August, go to Semiotext, go to your local bookstore and get this new expanded collection of Cookie Mueller's writings. You will not regret it. The Berlin Film Festival story, which Michelle T read last night and it was iconic. That story alone will make the whole book just such a gift in your bookshelf. Oh my God. I can't wait. Well, I got nothing to do, but sit and read. So sit let's there, do cause it. You've got, you've got SARS coronavirus 19, which is its Christian name. <laughs> Uh, here's what I've been watching this week. I have watched all of couples therapy season three hacks season two, me as well. Stranger things, stranger things, season four. Haven't seen it. Part one. Um, and then what else did I watch? Oh, I love that for you. I'm up to date. I need to start that. And RuPaul's drag race. Awesome. I am. I am up to date that. And I've listened to all of race chasers episodes about the all-stars all legend season, which I'm enjoying so much. And it's, it's starting like a new love affair with me for Jinx Monsoon, who I always knew was gifted and talented, but seeing her this season, her as Judy Garland, I've watched that segment of that episode three times. Oh my God. I love her. I love her. My love for her does not cease. She is a freak. Mary Potter, are you ready to answer some advice questions? I got nothing but advice and matcha and time. Okay, wonderful. Dear Capricorn Matters, how do I make more room for my art, which is music, 
when work takes up so much space from musical in Mississippi? Mm. Yes, I want to say first musical in Mississippi. This is one of the main questions my clients bring to me all the time, especially people who work full-time jobs and people who work in academia. Mm. And my first piece of advice is always to look to where are you overworking, doing too much, giving too much of yourself and not detaching from your job because your day job, whether or not it's a full-time job in a career that you trained for or something that you do just for money, no matter your relationship to it, its primary reason for existing is to pay for your life. And it's really helpful when we remember why we work paying jobs. It's for money. Whereas your work, your creative work, it does a lot of different things for you, including sometimes, hopefully often money, but it does so many other things. And your paying job can do other things too. But I think a helpful boundary for artists is to reduce the scope of commitment for their paying jobs back down to, I do this for money. That's its most important function in my life. And to look for ways in which you can begin to limit your commitment to it. Are you working? Are you giving your job 110%? Many people are wired to give everything 110%. And for artists, I always recommend look at your paying jobs or gigs and figure out what would 90% be? What if I give this 90%? What would that look like? Would that mean I no longer answer any, I respond to nothing outside of the work hours or I'm sure to always take my sick days and vacation. I take my lunch and it's not at work. I work from home as much as possible and kind of steal back my time. How can you begin to contain the job? That's part one. Part two is where can you feed more time and resources to your creative work? Where can you take it back from other things that don't deserve that time and give it to your art? But first look to how can you contain the job? Mm. What do you think about that? You've worked billions of different paying jobs over the years of being a professional artist. I sure have. Um, don't quit your day job, anybody ever, but your day job can change. Um, <clears throat> I think that your current Instagram social media fast for June is a wonderful place to pick up some time, pick up some time. I mean, I guess the thing I want to say to artists that I try to do for myself is don't be too much of a perfectionist or a boss to yourself about the time you do have. So, you know, I tell students all the time, Jean Yang, who wrote the graphic novel, American Born Chinese, had kids, had a full-time job teaching high school, and he woke up not hours early every day, but 15 minutes early every day so that he had 15 minutes at his drawing desk. And so he would draw one panel a day. So if you're a musician, just give yourself, even if you have a little bit of time, just pick up your instrument and just noodle or just play a cover or like, don't make it like every time you do your craft, it has to be the genius moment because you're not going to get to the genius moments that way. So sometimes I sit down at my desk. I don't know what I want to do. I feel low. I feel low energy um, after working, but I'm like, I'm just going to sit here with my tools, with my wizard's tools and just do something. And it's okay if it's not like the thing I'm supposed to do, mm. like just mm. engaging with and like touching your project, touch your project, touch your woman, 
touch your woman, touch your <laughs> instrument. <laughs> touch your instrument. That made me think also related to social media fast. Um, sometimes I'll hear from artists a lot, like, you know, after work, I don't have the capacity to get into my practice. And that's probably true some days after work, or maybe all days after work, depending on the nature of your day jobs. Um, I think the more you can prioritize resting a day and increasing restorative activities and decreasing numbing activities, you will actually find more capacity to work on your project, more energy to get into it. So less time on things that numb you after work and more time on things that are rest and restoration so that when you have time outside of your job, you actually have the capacity to spend some time inside of your project or your practice. That's really wise. That's very wise, Beth Pickens. I, I don't recommend it, but there was a time when I was finishing a graphic novel while I was teaching uh, middle schoolers full-time for a limited amount of time. And I would have to drive from the suburbs to home, take a nap, get some food, get the dog, go to my studio. And there were sometimes where I just would be crying in the car and be like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to draw. I don't want to work more tonight. And then my mean mom inside of me was like, you have to, cause get you to have a work, you have a deadline. So you're going to yes. get in there you're going to listen to your playlist. You're going to order yourself a nice dinner and you're going to finish your pages. <laughs> well, deadlines are really necessary for that. So another thing I would say to this musician is get yourself a deadline of performance, um, recording time for some work that you've been composing, but something that lights a fire where it becomes your priority to give more time to your mm. work. I I've only ever gotten anything done by painting myself into a corner. And sometimes that just involves me reaching out to other people to be like, Hey, do you want to do an anthology? Hey, I'm mm -hmm. going to show up at this place at this time with this thing. And then that's, yeah. that's how I do it. I mean, it. most people don't do anything unless there's a deadline or somebody waiting for you to do it. I mean, who wants to do anything in this stage of life? Nobody wants to do anything. We all want to like lay on the couch, watching one screen with another screen in our hands. Duh. <laughs> So we have to have reasons to do the things we actually want to do in life. Yeah. Well, this brings us, I also have some questions, some blast from the past questions for us. Um, but let me get to the questions, not from yesteryear, but the questions from now, and then we'll get to those. The next question we have from the present day is, Beth Pickens, would it be fun for you to coach a dog trainer slash artist combo? From I can work with any artist. Sorry. Combo in Connecticut. Combo, combo in Connecticut. Connecticut. Yeah. Connecticut artist who also trains dogs. I can work with any artist. Artists that I work with do every manner of job. I don't coach because I don't have any training in anything having to do with coaching. My background is in counseling psychology, but I'm not licensed. So I operate as a consultant and coaching refers to, as far as I understand, a particular kind of certificate program. So that's not what I do. Um, but yeah, hit me, hit me up through my website, bethpickens.com. What if somebody wanted to join homework club? Oh boy. Well, do I have a deal for you? Homework club, which of course is my monthly subscription for artists to keep them moving in their practice is only $15 a month. And you go to bethpickens.com and it's just a click away, just a click away. I want to have that set to give me shelter, just a click away. Okay. Um, 
the reason why you should join homework club is because I give you homework on the first of the month, Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs and I do this. You have a live workshop that's also taped to watch later on a theme. This month was repairing your relationship to social media. <laughs> and you get put into a hand-selected accountability pod with three other artists. If you want, you don't have to do that part. You don't have to do any of it. You can just pay me every month. That's okay too. Um, but you should join because right now that we're going to be launching some new extra bells and whistles later this summer, including something just in time for Guggenheim hopefuls to aid in their applications this fall. And the price is going to go up later 2022. Cause I don't know if you've noticed friends, listeners, country people, the cost of living has skyrocketed. There is nary a grocery I buy that I haven't realized has gone up at least a dollar gas. Of course is $36 a gallon here in Los <laughs> Angeles my utilities, everything is so fucking expensive that, um, we all have to make more money to pay for the cost of living. I'm self-employed, which means I have to raise my own prices. So homework club's going to be going from $15 to $20. But if you join before the rates go up this fall, you stay locked in at that sweet, sweet $15 a month price. Thanks oh my God. Really? Add in. Yeah. Hey, that's great. Thanks for that. That's like a, that's a live ad. This is like, we're old timey radio, like from the movie, Annie. <laughs> Like ding, ding, ding. <laughs> hey, hobo man. Hey, dapper dam. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Dear Beth Pickens, mm -hmm. do I shell out money for the ultra competitive summer writing workshop I was accepted to from writing in Wisconsin? Writer in Wisconsin? Yes. If you have the money that you can put into this without creating hard, hardship in your life, Yes, absolutely do this thing. Invest in yourself as a writer. If you don't have the money, ask other people to help you pay for it. But yes, you should absolutely do this important investment in your writing career. Especially if it's ultra competitive and you wanted to do it. Yeah. Just do it. Come on. We might get hit by a meteor any day. Oh, if only. Today's episode is brought to you by Josephine McRobbie, Shoshana Ruth Wechter, and Joey Soloway. If you would like to support Sagittarian Matters, in particular, producer Chris Sutton, please send $5, $5 million, that's your business, via PayPal to hornetleg at gmail.com. Or, this just in, he's got a Venmo, Hell Books. That's H-E double hockey sticks books. Thank you for your support. And we look forward to saying your name on the podcast. Producer Ponyo looks forward to it too. Don't be scared. That's just Ponyo's speaking voice. Okay, I'm going to go back into the files. I'm going to go into the files of yesteryear. Oh my God. You're in the um, Sagittarian Matters microfiche right now? I have the microfiche out. I'm turning the wheel. Dear Sagittarian Matters, I have terrible luck with women. Why? <laughs> I don't know. Is that my that Allie Lieb got writing in? There might be more to it than luck. There might, there's definitely more to it than luck. I don't know if it's just that there's not an upside down horseshoe over your door. I think there might be a little more to that. <laughs> but what do we know is the best thing for people who want to work on their ability to have relationships? Three words therapy. Have a good relationship with yourself. And a consistent one with your therapist. <laughs> Gosh. Hold on. What's the best snack? 
the best snack? Well, if it's on sale, cheesy kale chips, in my opinion, but only if they're on sale. Cause that's another thing that's $36 a gallon. I think a strawberry right now, it is the season, a strawberry dipped in tahini is the best snack and the other best snack, but it's a dangerous, it's a dangerous game. Cause you're not going to want to put it down is the chocolate tahini from Zoom. Mm. It's very sweet. And you're going to find yourself eating a whole jar of essentially nut, like nut butter with powdered sugar in it. You're going to, mm. we're going to want to eat it in one sitting and you're never going to want to eat anything else. You're never going to want to eat a vegetable again. You're just going to want to eat chocolate tahini for the rest of your life, which could make you happy, but I think it's going to leave your teeth in ruin. Yeah. God, tahini is so good. Halva is so good. That sounds like liquid halva, basically. It is like liquid halva. It's like you had the best dark chocolate halva that just melted and then you had a spoon. Mm. Dear Capricorn Matters, how do I forgive myself for my own shortcomings? From need to forgive in Florida. Well, get out of Florida. That'll help. Just kidding. Florida's great. How to forgive ourselves for our shortcomings. I think shortcomings or character defects or whatever you want to classify them as, they're just assets that are out of whack. In Judaism, one of my favorite things I've learned about is the Musar tradition of Jewish spiritual life. And Musar is the study of something called Midot, which means character assets, essentially character traits. And they there's a whole list of them. And all, the way Musar works is all of these are just attributes and they get out of balance and they have to be brought into balance. So how you can forgive yourself of your character defects or wh- whatever language you want to put on it is just see, oh, this is just like an attribute that got out of whack. I just have to bring it back into balance. And I might need help from a spiritual program or therapy or talking to a trusted friend. Um, but it's uh, just that you're just deeply human and our spiritual, our, our character attributes, they get out of balance in life. They get knocked around. It's kind of like when you're bringing groceries home, things get shuffled around. Hmm. This reminds me of, I read in a, like a 1980s relationship book once that was how to get um, cocaine stains off the bathroom tile. <laughs> yeah. It was recommended by Dr. Drew on Loveline. Um, he said, the person who wrote the book said something basically like the thing that most attract, the most attracts you to somebody is later the thing that will repulse you about them which I've always tried to remember through my life as a person, when there's something that's driving you crazy about somebody, what is its connection to the thing about them that you really were like, yes. Mm -hmm. And then what's that thing in yourself? Oh, should we do this as a live exercise on ourselves or on each other? (laughs) Why we were, why I first fell in love with you and then grew to hate you. (laughs) Let's do it now. (laughs) Well, like you, Capricorn are probably like, think that like Aquarians and Sagittarians are a great time, but then to me, I'm like, you're free. There's something about you. That's inherently free, but then we're too free. I I wager. (laughs) (laughs) Well, not you specifically, although you have a lot of freedom that I don't feel like I have inside of me. You have it inside of you. But Um, like Aquarians in your life where you're like, I love them. They're so free. They're so fun. mm Mm-hmm. They're space aliens floating away and I need to know them because they are the opposite of me in terms of what's in my soul. And I'm like, how could you lose your wallet this many times in one year? (laughs) 
Yeah. And, and people love me. I know people love me because I'm organized and attentive and present and responsible. And then they're like, if this bitch doesn't get her death grip off my neck and everything in my life, I don't think I can breathe. It's the blessing and the curse. Yeah. It's just attributes that get out of whack. So like, I am really responsible and, um, I, I believe in duty and having a sense of ethical responsibility to people, places, things, and that gets out of whack and makes me have a hyper sense of responsibility, which leads to resentment, or it makes me have an inflated sense of duty where it's not called for, mm. or I can pay more attention to other people's lives than my own. So I have to keep that character attribute just in moderation so that it serves so that it does the most good everywhere for me and everyone else. Well, I what love those you? things about you. Well, I don't know. I think that, you know, probably it's, it's fun to be like, oh, Nicole will say anything that's on her mind. And then at sometimes at a certain point, people are like, wow, you just said anything that's on your mind. <laughs> <laughs> you are extremely smart and funny. <clears throat> Thanks friend. Or like, you know, it'll, it'll come off as being, um, you know, like harsh mm, at a certain mm. point, like the same thing that maybe somebody's like, I hear you talking about somebody else and it's so funny. And then they're like, oh no, yeah, that feels kind of yeah. harsh. I think you and I both get accused of harshness, which is again. So what is that that gets out of whack? It's yeah. honesty. It's clarity. It's seeing things with a clearer vision and being able to reflect it back into the world. And then when that gets out of whack, it's like harshness or too much, or, Hey, nobody asked you. <laughs> well, Beth, Beckins, I love all of your attributes. I love, I love your breasts too. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay. This is a, this is a question from the vaults and you're going to know it's from the vaults because it's seasonally inappropriate. <laughs> Dear Capricorn matters. My forever bestie is a straight white cis male. I'm a queer female in the past 18 months. He's been doing and saying things that drive me crazy, political misogynist, not all men kinds of things. Mm. I've tried to push back and talk to him in a loving and honest way, but he often strikes back defensively. He just told me he's going as Brett Kavanaugh this year for Halloween. When I told him a lot of folks might be find that triggering and perhaps he can rethink his costume. He responded with a dismissive. That's okay. Should I just keep my distance from this person because interacting with them causes me frustration and sadness, or should I try once more to communicate my feelings? Mm. It's doubly offensive slash problematic because he thinks he's one of the good guys but he's not from friend in Fremont. Mm. Oh, I had a friend that went into a, not all men, uh, kind of spiral mm -hmm. at a certain point, And I had to take a step back mm -hmm. because the things that were happening in the world were so personally, that made me feel so personally vulnerable and exposed and sensitive, mm -hmm. like things happening to me and groups I cared about that this person could not kind of go there with me. Right. And so then it just, it just became like, well, then I don't know what there is to talk about. Yeah. Well, it's funny. You said seasons and what season this is from, but relationships have seasons, right? And sometimes mm. relationships for a lot of different reasons, get turned up and turned down for so many different reasons. And in this case, I think, I think probably a lot of really great guys um, probably lost their shit during the same time we were, we who weren't them losing our shit around something like Brett Kavanaugh and a way it got expressed for them landed in places like that, where to those of us who were not them were like, Jesus, good God, please keep that away from all of us. 
but in their in the in the other worlds in which they live they were probably very fringe critiquing systems of power but that doesn't mean we could all mix in that moment like that might be a moment where it's like oh, okay we can't hang right now but we're going to be able to hang again it's so it, and that happens with external big things and with internal small things so when a friend's going through a divorce for example um, they might not be super available or focused, or um, you might struggle in your relationship to them. But again, it's a season, something's happening, and it doesn't mean you have to tank the relationship. So I think in this particular example of the constraints of what we know about, because this is this person's, I think, oldest and best friend, I think that was one of the qualifiers they said, um, it's worth backing away without discarding. And just mm. focusing rather than thinking about, I'm putting this relationship down. I'm not paying attention to you. Turn up the other relationships and trust that there will be a time that you can probably come back together that won't feel so heightened and inflamed where you might be able to talk about this and he might be able to hear it differently. Look at me defending a man. What's happening? What's in my matcha? <laughs> I'm like, not all men too. <laughs> he sounds like a great guy. And Brett Kavanaugh is a perfect Halloween costume. <laughs> Did, uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, that I, would have made me feel crazy too. So I really empathize with this person, but I also empathize with the fact that this is somebody they love. So how to protect that relationship, even if they can't be super involved in it right now. Yeah. I mean, it makes me go back to some kind of therapeutic principles of thinking like, quit taking it personally. You mm -hmm. know, like when you and your friend are going through different seasons, your friend is having his response to the Kavanaugh hearings. Right. It's not at you. He's not right. doing it at you. It's not your job to fix him for womankind. Um, you know, it's not personal. It's just what that, it's just a choice that person's making. So then you get to make a choice. Drag. It's not about, personal, it's drag. It's not personal. It's just the rest is drag. So the, so it's just, you get to then, yeah, do whatever you need to do to nourish yourself then without, you know, without burning any bridges. Yeah. I mean, people go through all kinds of things that have to do with their personal lives and, or external systems that, that affect relationships that we, we just don't have any control over that. But if it's a relationship that's important, then I think it's, like I said, I think it's just worth, maybe you just kind of pay attention to other relationships right now and then check back in, give it yeah. some time. Yeah. Which is not what I would have said in my twenties. I would have been like, you tell that motherfucker to go, <laughs> but the wisdom of age has softened me. I think it's true. I think there's just times where you're feeling more hearty. So, you know, like, mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I feel like That's I have a, a, point. a certain allotment for other people's shenanigans based on how hearty I'm feeling. And like, if there's just been some kind of crisis politically or a hate crime against gay people, I don't want to see that person the next day. Yeah. Maybe that's not who I'm going to talk to the next day, but totally. if there's been a momentary, a momentary lapse in hate crimes, Maybe we can hang out. <laughs> if you just haven't looked at news in six weeks, you're like, you know what? I'm feeling great. <laughs> oh. Well, Beth Pickens, do you have any questions? Do you have anything you want to talk about? Any favorite blast from the past questions, motifs, anything you want to speak to? I want to recommend more things I've done. Great. <laughs> in the newest issue of Carla, which is... <clears throat> Contemporary Art Review of Los Angeles, which you can read for free online. I have an essay right now that I'm very proud of. It's a beautiful essay. And it's called, it's cool. And it's translated into Spanish too, if people want to read it in English or Spanish. It's called Turn and Return, the Artist Practice During Trauma. 
or as Jamie Lee Curtis would say, trauma. <laughs> um, and I really want to just make that as an offering because you can read it online so easily for uh, artists who are struggling in any way right now and feeling it in their practice as a resistance to their practice or, um, you know, like when just when the harshness of the world is showing up in your ability to make your work, I wrote that essay for you. And I would love to just offer that to you. I have a perennial question for you, which is there's so many serious things going on in the world right now. Should people stop making their art if it's not political? <laughs> no, never stop making your art. Keep making your art about whatever you want to make it about. It doesn't have to be about anything that's legible to anybody else. You just have to take the utterances that are inside of you and try to manifest them outward because all kinds of art is needed and beloved. So whatever you have to say on your insides, please help that come out in whatever discipline you're working in. Hmm. And that's it. Thanks for coming back on the pod. We appreciate and adore our Capricorn Matters episodes. Oh, I just love being here so much. And I love your podcast because you know I'm a listener. Longtime listener, longtime friend to the pod. Sagittarian Matters is produced by Chris Sutton with assistance by Panyo Georges. Our theme music is composed by Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs of the band Bouquet. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next time.